This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. Consumers across the country are footing the bill for billions of dollars in transmission upgrades. In many state regulators tasked with ensuring rates stay low have little insight into how that money is actually being spent. In fact, according to more than a dozen state regulators, consumer advocates, and grid officials, spending on local and small transmission projects in particular have been left unchecked for years. That's leading FERC and utilities to clash about how much oversight there should be and potential solutions. It also could mean the U.S. is ill-prepared to take on the massive additional investment required to meet the Biden administration's clean energy goals. So today we check in with Politico's Catherine Morehouse about why regulators are starting to pay more attention to how small power lines are built and the implications for U.S. consumers. It's Monday, November 7th. So Kat, we hear all the time about how hard it is to build large interstate transmission lines needed to spread clean power. But you're reporting that we've actually seen a splurge in building smaller local transmission projects. So what purpose do these smaller lines serve? One thing that you might think of is replacing existing lines because of aging or weather damage. There are also local grid hardening measures against extreme weather or just other smaller upgrades to the distribution system. I read a report recently that compared the U.S. power grid to the national highway system and said that if the big interregional power lines are kind of the main interstate, then some of these local projects are the supporting off-ramps and local roads that you need to actually get your car to where it's going so to actually carry the electricity to your house or business. So I think that's kind of a good way to think of it is it's just these supporting projects to keep the broader system going. Gotcha. And you're reporting that these smaller local transmission projects have been left unchecked from oversight for years. So what's going on there and why are regulators concerned about it now? There is a lot going on there. And I'll start by saying that all states have very different processes for how transmission is built. And even within some states, there are actually different rules because one state might be in partially in one power market with one set of rules and partially in another power market, and partially not in a power market at all. Those states actually exist. But generally, if you're going to build a large transmission line, you have to prove to a state regulator that a line is needed, and then go through a regional planning process in the markets to make sure that this big power line is the most cost-effective way to bring benefits to that region. Then those costs are recovered from customers through rates that are set at FERC uh, to make sure that utilities can profit on those investments. And all of these checks are in place because the focus for the past decade has really been, okay, how do we make sure we're building out the power grid and these big power lines as efficiently as possible and with regional reliability in line and all of that? But what's happened is that same level of scrutiny has never been applied to local power lines, and many states are really limited in how much they themselves can review those smaller lines. So utilities began to realize over the past several years that, okay, it's a lot of work to build these big power lines, but I can still easily invest in these smaller grid projects, and I don't need to prove as much. And I still automatically get that really healthy profit that I can recover from customers set by FERC. 
So regulators begin to realize that the spending was growing and there wasn't a lot they can do about it. So they've been actually raising this issue at FERC for years. And FERC is paying more attention to it now because it's digging more into, you know, how to build out the transmission system and realizing that, wait, there's a ton of spending on this other part of the system that we're not even paying attention to. Interesting. And so why are utilities pushing back against adding more oversight to building these types of smaller projects? And how are they defending themselves against rising consumer costs that are being attributed to these projects? So utilities say that this isn't necessarily a problem. They say, of course, we're focusing more of our investment in the place with less red tape, but that doesn't necessarily mean that the projects we're investing in aren't needed. And they also say, look, everyone says that more transmission is needed. So why would we make it more burdensome to build some projects just because it's harder to build some other projects? And the other explanation they give for why these costs are rising is they say we're being asked to do a lot here. Extreme weather is threatening our infrastructure. We need to keep the lights on. And we're also adding more and more renewables to the grid, which requires a lot of these different kinds of upgrades. Right. And so how could FERC look to help reduce this oversight gap? And what are some potential solutions they're looking at? So one thing that FERC could do is for those states that don't have any oversight, meaning that they really don't have any review at all over whether a line is needed, FERC can step in and say, we're not going to automatically allow this utility to profit off this new project. If the utility doesn't have to prove that the project is needed to states, then maybe it should at least have to prove that this project is needed to us. And another thing that folks have been calling for is an independent transmission monitor, which could look like a lot of different things. But the essential idea is that it would be an independent third party who could review some of these smaller projects and determine whether they're the most cost-effective solution since many states don't feel like their oversight is sufficient. Also, the recently passed Inflation Reduction Act has lit a fire under the Canadian government. Canada's Liberal government recently announced two clean technology tax credits, selling them as responses to the Biden administration's $369 billion investment in climate and clean energy incentives. Canada is proposing a refundable tax credit to cover 30% of clean tech capital costs and a refundable investment tax credit to get hydrogen projects built. The Canadian government said the details of the new clean tech and clean hydrogen tax incentives are in the works. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch and subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. This episode is brought to you by Chevron, the human energy company. Did you know that Chevron is working with partners in California to convert the methane from cow waste into renewable natural gas that one day can help fuel trucks across the nation? Find out more at chevron.com slash RNG.